it has been far too long. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Harvey's Huddle. I'm Jackson Harvey. Man, it's been like a month since I have been able to record an episode for you guys. I am excited to be back. A lot has happened in the last month. Of course, the last uh, episode that I recorded was just hours after the Super Bowl. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking down the Chiefs in that game. A lot has happened. A lot has been going on. A lot of different rumors. Of course, we're in the offseason. And the offseason is a, a very interesting time for football fans and football teams and football players. And so we've got quite a lot to talk about. Of course, one of the main themes going on this season is the... For the first time in in years, the salary cap is uh, getting scaled back from 198.2 million in 2020 to 182.5 million. Now, that might not seem like too much to the common eye, but that's a uh, it's pretty important, pretty important. And so teams are are really in a bad position going into this offseason, unless you're, I don't know, the Jaguars or the Jets, then you have cap space galore, just because you're already a pretty bad team. Um, anyways, we got a lot to talk about. Hit me up on social media about this episode. Hit me up on anything. I don't know. Uh, Instagram, at Harvey's Huddle. Uh, not Facebook, but Twitter at Harvey underscore Huddle. Check me out on YouTube. Harvey Huddle is the channel name. Um, I'm also throwing around the idea of doing a live show just before the draft. Let me know what you think about that. I kind of want to go through my mock draft um, just a few days before the draft starts in April. I think that would be a fun thing to do. And if I have enough people that want to tune in, then, hey, that's what we're going to do. All right, let's talk about a few of these moves. First of all, I think it, it seems like the team at the forefront of the offseason has been the Houston Texans. Um, they're probably one of the most controversial teams in this offseason that people are talking about. And, of course, it's it's surrounding a lot of um, management issues and the players' perception of those management issues. So... Of course, last season we had um, DeAndre Hopkins. He got traded to the Cardinals in the offseason. And then O'Brien got fired midway through this last season. And now we've got a new head coach in Houston. However, the big drama has been that Deshaun Watson um, has felt as though his voice has not been heard. He wasn't invited into any of the talks about a new head coach, um, and it doesn't feel like a part of the team, I guess, from from what I've read and from what I've gathered. So he's demanded a trade. In fact, it, it looks like he's not only demanded a trade, but he said that he will not be playing for the Houston Texans again. Now, mind you, he's got he's still got a few years left on his contract here. Um, some of you might be, be thinking, okay, this sounds like Bell. He, uh, he refused to play a few years back and, 
um, different situations like that. Bell was was franchise tagged, and that's a little bit of a different situation. Yes, it's still within like management rights to franchise tag you, but he he also has the right to sit out um, in that situation for another contract because he didn't sign the franchise tag yet. So, um, a little bit different situation there with Bell and, I don't know, it feels like almost every season there's something like this that happens. However, it is not the same. J.J. Watt actually demanded a release as well, and he got it, which is pretty interesting. I don't... We'll talk about that later, but, um... I don't think that was a bad idea for the Texans. However, if Watson is traded, I think that is the worst decision that the Houston Texans could make. It's a terrible decision. A terrible decision to trade your arguably your best player in a decade. Like, one of your best players. And that's also taking DeAndre Hopkins into account. Just just one of the one of the best Texans that have been around in a while and I don't think they have to a lot of people are saying oh free Watson no Watson still has years on his contract and I think that he should be able to play he should be playing under that contract just because you demand a trade doesn't mean that management needs to follow through especially especially if you're one of your best players that's that's just me maybe but um i was talking to someone on facebook and they also brought up uh well if that's the case then why are gms allowed to release players you see you saw kyle van noy he got released um just a few weeks ago from the dolphins one of a, a great a fantastic defensive player fantastic linebacker just released by the dolphins mid contract and you know i I wish that didn't happen either. I wish that kind of move wasn't allowed. Um, and and that's something that, that I've, I've thought about a little bit. But I, I do think this is kind of, kind of different. Sorry about that noise. I was just playing with my pen. Um, I, I really do think it's different. I think... It's different, but it's it's the same, right? It's the same kind of outcome, like leaving the team, um, whether it's by the players' wishes or the GM's wishes. So it's the same kind of outcome, but I think... Like, a coach is still going to play that player before he's released until they're released. If, if you want a trade then, yeah, sure, you can have a trade, but you still need to play for the team while you're on the team. And I think that a lot of people have been alluding to the fact that, oh, Tom Tom Brady did it. Tom Brady didn't do it. Tom Brady's contract ran up with the New England Patriots, and he decided to not re-sign with them. No, I I saw I saw a, an article that saying that uh, Tom Brady started a quarterback revolution. No, he did not. 
At least not in the way that people are saying he did. He... His contract ran up with the team. He decided to sign with another team. And even just yesterday, or just a few days ago, he decided to restructure his contract so that he made less money and the team had more money to work with. That's someone who's dedicated to his team. And I think if if you want a quarterback revolution, that should be a quarterback revolution. Look at Dak Prescott's numbers all and Patrick Mahomes. Russell Wilson, he's taking up $32 million in 2021. Deshaun Watson is taking up $39 million in 2021. Brady is taking up $6 million in 2021. I don't even want to talk Mahomes and Prescott's numbers. Those are crazy. I really think that quarterbacks are just wanting as much cap space as they want. They want money. That's all they want. And I think that's why you're seeing some of these other teams decline. But that's also why you're seeing Tom Brady succeed. Because he's willing to restructure his contract. He's willing to take one for the team and to be a team player. And I think money talks both ways. I mean, you can say money talks and and you want money given to you, but I think money talks and also the way that you, you treat it. If you're treating your contract and the amount you make in your contract, if you're treating that as more valuable than success as a team, sure. You're going to get your money, but don't be surprised when you don't have that great of an offensive line because you can't pay enough players. I mean, look at Russell Wilson is another one who's been rumored to want out in Seattle. I mean, look at him. He has, I already said it, $32 million in 2021. He actually has a contract where the amount of money he makes it per year is on a percentage basis. So he's making a certain percentage of the salary cap each year. So it doesn't even stay at the same number, the same amount of money. It just moves up as the salary cap does. So, I mean, you got him, you got Lockett on the... Um, the offensive side, you have Metcalf. He's on a rookie contract right now, but he could be eyeing a contract extension as well or a new contract. Um, you got Bobby Wagner on the other side of the football, and you've got you got a few other defensive players that are looking to be paid. How how do you expect your team to afford good quality offensive linemen if you're taking up? almost 2% of the salary cap and you've got to try to feed about 60 or 70 mouths. I don't know. I don't know why that makes sense to me. Why? Well, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why that should make sense to me. If you want a good team around you, you need to be willing to make some sacrifices and that's, that's what I'll say about that. I'm also not a professional football contract specialist. I'm not an agent in the NFL. 
but those are my takes just from a, a simpleton uh, perspective. Talking about money, um, not talking about money at all. That's an awful segue. But J.J. Watt, that one of the biggest moves, uh, not the biggest moves, just surprising moves of the offseason is him signing with the Arizona Cardinals. What <laughs> came right out of left field. I I really didn't expect it at all. And of course, if you've seen some of his um some of uh JJ's media um appearances in the last few weeks, he's said it was very deliberate. He he made sure that no one knew where his head was at or what team he was looking for. So he he kept it really under wraps. Some questions though have arisen about it. I mean, I didn't think Pittsburgh was ever in the running for Watt to sign. Of course, a lot of people wanted him to sign there because you have his two brothers, Derek and TJ, over there. But I don't think it made sense for him to sign with the Steelers, and it didn't make sense for the Steelers to sign him. I mean, of course, if you want to go sentimental reasons, then sure. But the Steelers didn't have enough cap space, and they don't really need him on defense, where they already have a lot of good names on that side of the football. Did Arizona really need it, though? I I think they did. I think Arizona needed a good, good veteran presence on the defensive side of the football, especially on that defensive line. And I think... I mean, look at the look at the NFC West now. You got Aaron Donald and JJ Watt in the same uh, in the same division, which is pretty exciting. But I do think Arizona needed it. I think Arizona is going to have an anchor on their team, not just on the defensive side of the football, but all around. JJ Watt brings a veteran um, captaincy. I mean, let's just say it. He's going to be a captain of the Arizona Cardinals next year. And he's going to be a leader on this team and bring the Cardinals to the playoffs. Can they win a Super Bowl, though? Watt has been interested in trying to win the big one. For a while there, it was rumored that he could sign with the Buccaneers and make another run with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. But can they win a Super Bowl in Arizona? I I think they can. I think they have a chance to, if they can get some of their pieces on offense to really mesh well in this offseason, yeah, they have a shot in winning the Super Bowl. Will it be difficult? Yes. But I think they they have a few pieces that they can, and with Watt, like I said, I think that's kind of motivation that they need to um, need to make the next step. And finally, can Watt stay healthy? He has had so many, so many injury problems. Can he stay healthy to lead the Cardinals? Especially as of late, he seems to have an injury every season almost. We'll see what happens, but I think that this is a decent signing. And I, it's hard to, it's hard to predict the impact that this can have because it came so out of left field. But I think he could really have a good impact on the Arizona Cardinals organization. Let's talk Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts, reuniting him with his old offensive coordinator and Frank Reich, who is 
the head coach over in Indy. This was not a great situation for either side, but Wentz wanted to stay. Wentz loves Philadelphia, and I, I really believe he wanted to stay there. Management and coaching staff, they wanted to move on with a quarterback in um, with their rookie quarterback. The name escapes me, but I think it was a decent move for Philadelphia. I mean, Wentz didn't fit what they were trying to do and I think it was better for both parties just to move on I like this I like Wentz reuniting with Reich in Indianapolis look out for the Colts next season because with the Colts offensive line being as good as they are with Jonathan Taylor being as explosive as he is and as he was in his rookie season you've got some good pieces on defense dare I say, one of the best defenses in the AFC, if not the NFL. I mean, they were top five all season last year. Add a couple of uh, good wide receiver prospects, maybe even draft a couple good wide receiver prospects. You have a force in the AFC, and the Colts need to do this right. They can get back on track and be one of the top four, if not top three teams in the AFC if they can do this right. If they can surround Wentz with the right um, receivers, you already got... That's the thing. You already have an offensive line in place. You already have a great running back situation. You already have... I mean, you have T.Y. Hilton, and you have a couple of other receivers, but if you can get a one or two more receivers to complement... Hilton there I think you have a chance to make a run in this next season so look out for the Colts because I really like that move and I think Carson Wentz is going to really do well in Indianapolis lastly let's talk about the Stafford Goff trade this one was a, a big one this one was one I I didn't see coming personally I don't know if anyone really did it sort of came out of the blue but congrats to the Rams. Give the Rams a round of applause because they managed to use some of their draft capital that they had and get rid of a, a pretty pretty bad contract that they signed with Goff. I mean, they kind of jumped the gun there. And they got rid of it. They got rid of a cap hit that would have decimated them with this cap reduction this past offseason. Um not only that, but they got an upgrade on quarterback with Matthew Stafford. I do not like Goff. I do not think he's a good quarterback. I think he had one good stretchy season. It was kind of fluky in a way, and ever since he's been he's been on again, off again. Some some weeks he looks like a regular I don't know, Peyton Manning, whatever. He looks like a good quarterback sometimes. But other times he looks like Cam Newton in a passing game. And, of course, he doesn't look like Cam Newton in the running game. He got outperformed almost by a financial advisor. Like, if if if, if uh, their backup quarterback didn't get hurt in the playoffs, I really think that 
Goff would not have been traded like this. I think his prospect would have went way down because I, Jared Goff is not a good quarterback. I don't know what Detroit was thinking trading for him. Maybe they think they have the pieces ready for him to be a good quarterback in Detroit. However, I don't think that trading Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff is going to clear any of the problems that the Detroit Lions have in that organization. Stafford. Stafford's an all-around better quarterback. I love Matthew Stafford. I think he has grit. I think he has determination. I think he has leadership potential. I think he has a really great deep ball, a good awareness of the game. I think this is a great fit in LA. They have a great team there. You got Cam Akers in the backfield. You've got uh, Cooper Cup as a wide receiver. You got you got some good offensive linemen. You have a great defense. I want to see Matthew Safford do well in Los Angeles. I want to see them make a run for the Super Bowl because I love Matthew Stafford, not just as a person, but as a football player. I think he's a great football player, and I think that Sean McVay is going to have a field day. Finally being able to throw the football. Gosh, it was so difficult seeing Jared Goff throw the ball last season. I just... I feel for those receivers. I feel for them so bad. Even though I have never ran a route in my life, but I felt for them. They... They... They couldn't get a good pass to save their life, and I think it's going to change this next season. Um, that's all I got for you guys. Check me out on Instagram, at Harvey's Huddle, at Twitter, at Harvey underscore Huddle, and on YouTube, Harvey's Huddle is the channel name. Let me know what else you want me to cover, and let me know if you guys are interested in some sort of live show right before the draft to go over mock drafts and answer some questions. This seems to be a pretty fun time of the year for speculation and analysis on on different things about the draft and, and other uh, topics. So um, thank you so much for listening. It's been fun to be back here after about a month. I am I, hoping to get an episode out at least once every two weeks, if not more often. So Check me out um, later on. It looks like the CFL, uh, the Canadian Football League, is going to be starting up as well. So if you want to hear about um, the Canadian Football League a little bit, learn about a different style of football, check out my episodes. They're not going to be as long. Of course, there's only nine teams in the league, but it is one fun game, and I'm excited to, to watch that starting in June. June is when the preseason starts for that league. Of course, I mean, I'm just going to say it. I'm going a little bit longer than I wanted to, but the CFL and the XFL have started talks about merging the two leagues. So some exciting prospects there because if they can merge the two leagues, that puts it into, I don't know, about an 18-team league. It would be pretty interesting. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, of course, formerly playing for the Calgary Stampeders in the Canadian Football League. So we'll see how that goes. Um, But some exciting news in the football world there. 
Anyways, thank you so much for listening. I'm Jackson Harvey. This has been Harvey's Huddle. Take care.